There's a cold comes ringing o'er the restless waves. Send the light. Send the light. Send the Hello and welcome to another episode of the Send the Light podcast. My name is Matt Tyson, here with my good friend and brother in Christ, Michael Bolton. We're so glad you've tuned in today. Our hope and our prayer, as it always is, is that we're able to help bring relevant, important Bible topics to your attention and explore what the Bible has to say regarding these topics. If you're here and you're listening or watching with us and you're here in the Waterloo, Cedar Falls, or surrounding areas, we'd love to have you visit with us. We meet at 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. You'll find us there Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. We also have a bunch of free resources that we can send you. We have Bible study courses by mail. We've got tracks and and articles. We can direct you to MP3s and videos. And we also love to study the Bible with folks in person. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, You can reach us on our website at www.cedarterracecoc.com. You can find our Facebook page or YouTube channel with the handle at cedarterracecoc or the email address and phone numbers listed on the screen or in the podcast notes. So it's been a couple of weeks since we've gotten together. It was, as you've maybe noticed, we've kind of gone to every other week rather than every week and trying to focus on, uh, you know, better content and, and uh, you know, do what we can to make it worth your time to, to spend time with us. You'll have to be the judge of the better content. <laughs> or maybe we'll give the credit to the Lord and, and there we go. Let, let the Lord judge. Um, we talked last week about living by faith mm-hmm. that's a topic that's really close to me i i've dealt with that for a long time a lot of misconceptions yeah, there is. about it today we want to debunk continue this process of debunking religious errors the world is so full of religious error today um and we want to talk about specifically creeds and confessions of faith and articles of religion, things like that. You know, I've got a series of studies going on with uh, someone I consider a friend at this point. Um, and we've been talking the last couple of times about authority and just how when people start to make changes to the authority, you know, it opens up for a broader um, allowance for things. And that's not what God wants. You know, God has given us the authority that's right. and he doesn't allow for changes to what he's ordained or, or set in place. feels like we're already starting. Yes. <laughs> we should start with a prayer. Well, we should start with a prayer. Let's, let's, let's do that. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day that you've given to us, for the weather that you've blessed us with. We thank you for the opportunity and the health to serve you and to work in your kingdom. We thank you for your kingdom. We know that it was your design and your plan from before the foundation of the world. And we know that you've promised that you would establish a kingdom that would last forever. And we believe that that is the church that Jesus died for. We thank you for it, Father. We ask you, Lord, to help us as we uh, study your word to rightly divide it so that we can grow from it, so that we can be nurtured in its admonition and grow up in our faith. We pray, Father, that you will help us to study carefully and to apply diligently your word to our lives. Father, we know that there are many people who are sick, some who may be listening to our, our podcast this week or some who listen regularly. 
or perhaps we have friends and loved ones. We're thinking especially of a friend, a dear brother in Christ in Bangladesh, Brother Peter Baroy. You know his situation, his condition. We pray we hold him up to you in prayer, Father, asking that you will help him uh, recover from his illness. We pray, Lord, that you'll bless the work here and everywhere around the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we talked about, you know, before the prayer, we were talking about authority and human creeds is what we're going to talk about today or, or some, you know, confessions of faith or, or things like that. They, they are authority. In fact, the word creed, I think I'd written it down here. Yeah. Creed as defined by Google means a set of beliefs or aims, which guide someone's actions. The encyclopedia Britannica says creed also called confession of faith an authoritative formulation of the beliefs of a religious community or by transference of individuals. So it's no secret that a creed or a confession of faith is an authority. And so, but Mike, is it the right one? Well, and that's kind of what we what we want to talk about today. You and I would agree that that the Bible is our authority, absolutely. And you know this this Bible here has so many scriptural truths. Um, it's a handbook. It, it's it's a handbook given by God through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And so, the my question is, why get away from that? What are the purpose of of creeds or confessions of faith? I can't come up with one, but often I've had people tell me, well, a creed makes it easier to understand. I would beg to differ, but that's... Yeah. Well, I think that whenever... I think it's okay to seek clarification on scriptures, especially on commands that we are to live by. Um, ordinances, things like that. Mm-hmm. However, that's not an excuse for adding adding to what well, is our we're authority. We're talking about clarification, not authority. Correct, correct. So, in the time of the apostles in the first, you know, in the first century, for really the the first three centuries of what I could find, the first three centuries in the religious community, it was unanimously accepted that the Bible was the authority, and then creeds and confessions of faith started to creep into the religious community. Why did things have to change? You know, I have my opinions and what I believe. Um, what are your thoughts? Why do you think creeds started to creep in? If I'm being completely honest, I believe that people wanted a lesser way than what the scriptures teach. Hmm. Something different, something more uh, appealing to to their desires, to their to their uh, to their felt needs, if if I can use that phrase. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I, I've got a quote. I want to save it for later on in the episode that talks about the purpose for creeds by Benjamin Franklin, actually. But we'll we'll get That's to that. That's the gospel preacher, not yes. the statesman. <laughs> Correct. Go ahead. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, let's flip over to Second Timothy three. Uh, I want to read verses sixteen and seventeen. Very common, common passage. 
The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. And so this passage is illustrating the power of the scriptures. You know, in fact, he says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. We know that God is infallible. Man is fallible. So when we look at this passage, it makes it gives me some questions. First of all, the Bible says that the scriptures have been given by God to give us doctrine. Do human creeds have the authority by God to give doctrine? And it goes on to say the same thing. It the the scriptures have been given us to give uh, give us reproof, to correction, to give us instruction in righteousness, to equip us unto every good work. Have have human creeds and human uh, confessions of faith? Do they have the authority by God to give those things as well? I'd like to try to answer that actually before we go further, and I'd like to start with. A definition of authority. If I understand correctly, and all the study that I've done on authority, trying to understand how to apply the authority of God's word, authority is the right or the power to give commands and demand obedience. A very simple example is, I do not have the authority to command your household. That's outside of my realm of authority. You, for me, that doesn't work. But God does. Mm -hmm. God's authority supersedes everybody's authority. Now, human creeds come in, confessions of faith, articles of faith, whatever you want to call them, and they usurp that authority. Mm -hmm. They say, it's the church's authority, or it's this synod's authority, or this this board's authority. Mm -hmm. And they try to take God's place being authoritative in our life. Many of the creeds that you can find today, they do give doctrine. They do give reproof. They do give correction. They do give instruction for righteousness, but not by the authority of God. And that's where, in my opinion, that's where the issue is. I have an example. Um, I was once a member of the Church of the Nazarene. I'm not calling individuals out i'm calling out a denomination a group an organization so this is fair this is fair game the church of the nazarene uh has a well-written well-organized manual to explain the policy and procedure of their organization contained within that manual are what they call the art their article articles of faith i'll get it out at some point um their articles of faith contain an article on baptism. Now, baptism, under their articles of faith, they define it as uh, what is done for the remission of sins. They, they, they define it fairly accurately according to the Scripture. But then they go down and they change what the Scripture says. And they say that baptism is not really necessary, but it is an outward sign of an inward work. And so immediately, they're changing what Mm -hmm. God has said. And we're going to get to another point that will make application to this in a moment. Um, 
why is there need for this if we already have what God has said? Correct. That's that's my question. And so human creeds and confessions of faith, they do stand there as authority or and they do get, like I said, they do give the doctrine, they do give reproof, correction, instruction, righteousness, and all that, but not by God's authority. And so my question is why pledge your allegiance to a human creed Amen. that's given for the same purpose as the inspired perfect word of God? And to me it doesn't make sense. To me, if if you know the Bible illustrates in a couple of different places, not to add or take away. Uh, Deuteronomy, I think um, Deuteronomy chapter four, verse two, and then again in the the New Testament, we see the illustration by God not to change what He's given. And so, human creeds either add to the Word of God, they take away from the Word of God, or they are exactly the Word of God. So the, by the logic, point? they have to fall into <laughs> one of those categories. That's right. And so ultimately, if they add or take away from the word of God, I'm certainly not going to use it. And if they are exactly the word of God, I'm going to use the word of God because it's inspired. And so that's what I'm going to pledge my allegiance to. Human creeds are also revised and revisited every so often this was something that blew my mind i had looked into um one set of human written creeds uh in a very well-known denomination and there was something like 27 revisions since the 18 uh, yeah 1800s 27 revisions and so what where did those revisions where did the need for those revisions come into play why do you think that they had to spend time and money to revisit what was a rip, what was previously considered to be doctrine and truth. Is it because man's understanding of truth changed? Correct. I would say either man's understanding of truth or also just the the imperfection associated with it. Okay. Um, for example, this this religious group had been teaching for years that children were born as sinners, and unfortunately, some still do teach that. Maybe that's an episode <laughs> for a later date. But this this religious group taught that children were born sinners, and then they changed its creed back in the 30s or 40s and then began to teach that children were not born as sinners. And so those who supported that previous creed that was in place had to change their view or they had to change their doctrine or they they could no longer support that old doctrine because otherwise they would be considered sinning under the new doctrine and that's just one example there's there's other examples of that where it's easy to see inconsistency mm-hmm. where do we find perfection the word of god in god himself Mm-hmm. He imparts that to his word, which he gave to us to reveal his will. Yeah, and that's that's my creed. That's that's <laughs> what I, I want to use in my life. And so a person who has a creed, an article of religion as their faith, as their practice, and is basing their faith or religion on that article of faith or whatever you want to call it, when that changes, they have to make a change. Mm-hmm. And if it's written by man, it may be or it may not be according to what's revealed. 
and they may have to make a change in their denomination, in their church family. Yeah. Now, if we're taking the word of God only as our only creed, we don't have to make changes to that. Mm-hmm. We may have to say, okay, this is where I was wrong. And so I make changes to align myself with not a man-made denomination or organization, but to align myself with the word of God, to align myself with what God has revealed. Yeah. That's the power of the authority of taking the scriptures only as our creed. Mm-hmm. We know, in fact, when Matt Enos was on the show uh, a couple months ago, we were talking about um, instrumental music and worship. And he made a point, and I've used this point several times. I used this uh, earlier this week in my study um, with, with a friend of mine. What God allows, he regulates. Mm-hmm. And we see that all through the history of the scriptures. I mean, one powerful example of that was with the kingship of Israel. You know, when they wanted a king, they wanted a king. And he said, you don't need a king, but if you do take one, these are the requirements that he must meet. And that's that's been the case through through existence. That's the case for us today, too. We have specific commands. Um, we have specific examples that, you know, certain things are implied and we must we must follow those because of the authority that's in place through the perfection of the word of God. Just like in this other religious group that changed their view on um, children being born sinners, uh, inherited depravity, I think some people call it. Um, There's other, there's other things that kind of fall into that realm. There are no doctrines found under the new covenant that we live under today that are obsolete for us today. That's a beautiful thing. You it can is. Stop and think about it. It's it's so consistent. Yeah. I was telling my friend this earlier this week is that that God's plan never changed. Yeah. Like his plan on how he used to be worshipped, his plan on how we are to live never changed. The world around us has changed, and when that world has changed, certain people have taken it upon themselves to, quote-unquote, adapt to that change um, in their worship, but that's turned worship into what's pleasing to me and you instead of what's pleasing to God. For me, I'm encouraged when I worship because I know that I am worshiping God and that he's happy with what I'm giving him. Uh, James 1 verse 25 says, but he who looks into the perfect Perfect. law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. And so the word of God is perfect. And that's where, you know, we, we can take that one step further and say this, any religious group that adds or takes away from the word of God will ultimately be damned. And that's a hard thing to grasp. That's a hard word. It's a hard Mm -hmm. idea to grasp. The definition of that word damned is to be condemned by God to suffer for eternity. We serve a jealous God. And you and I can be thankful for that because we can follow what he wants. We know that we're pleasing to him. 
I remember in the Old Testament, uh, the people would seek to serve other gods and Jehovah God. And the chaos and confusion that was caused by that resulted, eventually it resulted in them straying so far from God that he had to punish them and and have them carried off as exiles, Mm -hmm. as slaves to a foreign king. He sold them to that to redeem them, to bring them back, to wake them up. Now, putting aside the, the punishment that they endured, the problem was they tried to bring other things into the religion of Jehovah that God had already established. Mm-hmm. When God speaks on something, he says all that he's going to say about it. He's not going to add anything more. And that's where the authority of the creed, or the true creed, comes in. If we add anything to that, we destroy what God has said and what God's trying to do. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads into that quote that I said I wanted to read. He said, first, any creed containing more than the Bible is objectionable because it contains more than the Bible. Secondly, any creed containing less than the Bible is objectionable because it contains less than the Bible. Third, any creed differing from the Bible is objectionable because it differs from the Bible. Fourth, any creed precisely like the Bible is useless because we have the Bible. This covers the whole ground. There can be no other thought of. A creed must contain more than the Bible, less than the Bible, differ from the Bible, or be precisely like the Bible. No man defends his creed on the ground that it contains more than the Bible, less than the Bible, that it is different from the Bible, or is precisely like it. If a creed be not defended on some of these grounds, on what ground can it be defended? Certainly on no ground conceivable to mortal man. In other words, it's defenseless. Correct. And that's that's really what it comes down to. And 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 I would I would encourage our listeners you know, if you're attending, uh, if you are a part of a religious group that utilizes or has human creeds or confessions of faith, kind of apply this concept to that right. and, and look at that, study, study those creeds and say, okay, does this add to the Bible, take away from the Bible, differ from the Bible, or is it exactly like the Bible? And if it falls into quite honestly any four, any any one of those four options, that still cause for concern. Yeah, because if it is exactly like the Bible, which I would, I would say in many instances, if not most instances, they're not right like the Bible. They're exactly like the Bible. It's still a concern. So, I'm going to use the Church of the Nazarene again because that's my background, my history, right? And their doctrine on baptism. When I first began to study uh, the truth of the gospel, I tried to use their articles of faith and defend their, their position. Well, when it said the same thing as the scripture, that you must be baptized to obtain receive, uh, remission of sins, Acts 2.38, or that baptism is what saves us, 1 Peter 3, verse 21, or that Baptism was what puts us into the blood, Romans 6, 1 through 6. 
what did I need the creed for? Mm -hmm. What did I need the article of faith for? And when it differed from the Bible saying that baptism was an outward sign of an inward work, again, what did I need the creed for? I needed to let go of the creed and stick to the Bible, the word of God alone. alone. Absolutely. And that's actually, that raises the, the idea that if people you know, if people really explored why human creeds are there, the the point of having them, we know that the Bible is the inspired word of God. What do we do if we believe, practice, hold a doctrine that the Bible that that is not found in the Bible, that it's hard to make the Bible fit. So we're going to add a little bit of our own writings to kind of explain why this passage fits that doctrine. Help us never to do that, Lord. Yeah, I, I, yeah that's very troubling when we see that. And and we do see that. The what happens then is when we when we start to do that, or like it has been taking place, it has been going on. It starts to weaken people's view of the scriptures and they don't hold the scriptures as perfect and as the authority. And that kind of leads into the inspiration of the Bible being challenged. Uh, I read a survey. uh, It was called the belief of 700 ministers. And the results of this were very troubling. I wanted to share those talking about people who doubt the inspiration or the perfection of the word of God. 13%. So these are 700 ministers. 13% rejected the scriptural doctrine of the Trinity. 48% rejected the Bible account of creation. 33% don't believe in Satan. 38% do not believe that God has revealed himself to mankind. 43% reject the inspiration of scripture. 38% do not believe the Old Testament prophets actually prophesied. 55% do not believe that the Bible is free of myths or legends. 19% reject that Jesus was God in human flesh. 19% reject that Jesus was equal with God. Hold on. What's that? So if these guys have a modicum of of being right, of, of correctness, I have to ask this question. Why do we need the Bible? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, why use the Bible? Yeah, well, I mean, they're throwing out every premise and, and doctrine that the Word of God is built on. Mm-hmm. Well, and also like that one, 55%, so over 350 of these these ministers do not believe that the Bible is free of myths or legends. Yeah. Well, if you believe that the Bible is full of myths or legends, like you said, why use it if it's why not, not use Hesop's fables or correct? Yeah. So 24% reject the atonement of Jesus Christ. 12% reject the resurrection of Jesus. 34% reject the belief of eternal punishment. 33% reject the belief of a resurrection of the dead. 27% do not believe that Jesus is coming back again. 33% reject the belief of the fall of mankind in Genesis. 51% regard baptism and communion as non-essential, and 39% believe that a morally good person is worthy of salvation. Now, first of all, which one of those concerns you the most? Um, 
if I have to choose one, 24% rejecting the atonement of Christ yeah. or the, the deity of Christ. It was the first the, one. The 19% or, yeah. that God, Jesus was God in human flesh. Correct. I mean, those are, are major doctrines in the New Testament. Well, to even think about that last one, 39% of these 700 preachers believe that a morally good person is worthy of salvation. Wow. Nobody's worthy of salvation. Um, yeah, it is just this, this whole survey blew my mind because ultimately, and this is what's heartbreaking for me. These are 700 ministers claim, you know, self-claimed ministers who took part in the survey. Ministers are typically those who are preaching and teaching to people right. who respect them and look up to them. And so if these 700 ministers are all preaching to congregations of 20, 30, 50, 100, 200, 500 people who are looking at them, expecting truth and, and respecting what they have to say, how many people are slowly doubting the inspiration of scripture as the result of their teaching? Or how many children being brought up you know the next yeah. generation absolutely men who teach others to doubt the inspiration of scriptures instruct others by their actions to doubt what god says on many subjects mm. and i think that's what's led our the the world we live in to view the scriptures so loosely and to go more by their feelings and more by what they think and, and what makes them feel good rather than what the bible actually says and you know, in my opinion, that's how we end up in a world of religious confusion that we live in today. There's just, there's no standard. We've, we have, by, by we people, humans have taken away that standard. What you working on over there? I was just looking ahead. Oh, okay. That standard is divine in its origin. So there can be no mistake. Correct. There can be no fault. Any fault in the book that you may be reading in whatever language that you primarily read from is a fault of the translators. Mm -hmm. It's not a fault of the Word of God. Correct. It is not a fault of God himself. The writings His, were perfect and yes. inspired. His revelation is perfect. His revelation is inspired. And whatever language you have... There may be some exceptions to this, but they would be very few. It's enough. Mm -hmm. It's well enough Correct. for you to obtain salvation. That's that's a topic. I was actually thinking about that today. Maybe we could talk about that sometime, um, just about understanding Bible translations. Well, we talked about two topics. We want yeah. Yes, yeah. But, um, you know, I, it had me wondering earlier, and I don't know. I'd have to, to look it up. You know, obviously... Uh, Koine Greek and Hebrew and Arabic, you know, what the, the original language was is, you know, obviously the closest you can get to the inspired right. words. But I wonder if there's some other language that is closer to the original than our English language that we use today. I'm sure there is. I just don't know what It'd it be would worth be worth looking into. But anyway, so so ultimately, I'm kind of wrapping up my thoughts. I don't know what else you've got. I would encourage people, and I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again, to to take the confessions of faith, the articles of faith, the creeds that 
you know, perhaps, you know, you are, are attending, you know, perhaps you're attending somewhere that, that uses these kinds of things. Look them over. I mean, if you're a member of this, this religious group, you are supporting and showing your reverence and allegiance to every aspect of what they believe and teach. And so, so take some time and look at them and, and think, is this more than the Bible, less than the Bible, different from the Bible, or is it the Bible, uh, identical to it? Um, if you, you know, if you, need some help with that we would love to yeah. to help you do that we have no you know ulterior motives or anything ultimately what we want and we've said this on on our our all of our episodes is we just want to explore what the bible says regarding these topics and just make sure that we're doing everything we can to make heaven our home and take as many people with us as we can we, uh, I should say, I, I, I think I can speak for you on this as well, are open to receiving knowledge and instruction as well. Um, so if you have different uh, opinions or, or understandings than what we've taught, we want to talk about it because we want to learn. We want to do better and be stronger Christians, more faithful Christians than what we are right now. Now, that being said, uh, this podcast's text, if we have to have a text for the podcast, was 2 Timothy chapter 3. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Apostle Paul says, be diligent mm-hmm. or study depending on your translation, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly divide in the word of truth. You cannot get to the knowledge of how to understand God's word without studying God's word. And the scriptures teach us that iron sharpens iron and the countenance of mm-hmm. a friend increases his brother's countenance. And so it is beneficial for us to talk together. I will say this. We have a unique situation in the religious world in America. You know, a large percentage of people believe that they have the truth. Mm-hmm. I believe that we have the truth. I believe that what we present on this podcast is truth. I wouldn't waste my time if it wasn't. Um, and I, I wouldn't try to lead people astray, you know? So obviously I believe that what we are teaching is truth. There's a good chance that the people joining us, uh, watching us, listening to us, whatever, there's a good chance that there's a number of them that believe that they have the truth. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate, I can appreciate that. I can respect that. Um, But if there's a difference in doctrine, that means one of us doesn't have truth. Now, what I mean by we are in a different, um, we have a, a different challenge here as opposed to other places. You know, in the first century, you know, there was not the diverse religious world like we have today. You know, people preach the gospel. And, um, and you know that from your foreign travels. But here, we've just got so much and i believe that that's a a work of satan i was talking to a friend the other day about it and if i laid a dollar bill on this table and said hey find me a dollar bill you're gonna 
pick it up and you know it's gonna be the real thing if i put that dollar bill and then filled the table with counterfeits and i said find the dollar bill it's gonna be a lot more difficult and that is what i believe satan has done especially here in 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 our country to hide the truth from people is to put a bunch of other things that look like it you know smell like it but they're not it confuse the target correct and so ultimately what i'm saying is is you know we should study these things out Mm -hmm. you know i want to first of all i should be able to defend what i believe and if if somebody else is is able to present where maybe i'm misunderstanding or misinterpreting something something i can't defend well then i it's time i need to do some self-examination that's right and so please you know reach out and um let's have a conversation so you can reach us at the numbers that are on the screen and the addresses email and websites and podcast information that's on the screen um or you can visit us at the Cedar Terrace Church of Christ on 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, We meet there every Sunday morning at 1030 and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We have another opportunity that we don't talk about a whole lot. Right now we're still uh, sponsoring the TV program Mm -hmm. at the Bible Speak with Brett Hickey. It's on the CW at 7 a.m. Uh, that's CW 9.3, Correct. I believe it is. Yeah. Um, I'd encourage you to check that out. We are constantly, every week, sending out uh, study courses by mail. And that's a, it's a thrill. It's a joy to get them back and, and read through them and help people come to a better understanding of God's Word. Correct. I encourage you to check that out. And, of course, as Matt has often said, and we've made a real strong plea today for in-person study. That can take place by phone, by Zoom, or some other type of social networking uh, platform, or actually in person. You see us drinking coffee and stuff (laughs) like that. We we joked about that a lot last time we we, uh, did a podcast. So uh, all those are possibilities, and we... We want to meet people and to have studies with people in person or online or through the mail, however it can be accomplished. You know, Jesus said in the Great Commission to go, you know, go out into the world and and with the the advent of technology and, and you know, computers and cell phones and text messaging and things like that. People don't get out as much as they used to. And, and so I, what I want to say is regarding those in-person studies is they can be a very, you know, no, no pressure. That's right. You know, if you've got a question about something that we've preached, uh, taught in this podcast or, or something that we believe, we can have a 20-minute visit where you say, hey, you know, explain again why you think that creed should be, you know, not not a right. thing you know and, right. and we can spend 20 minutes and, and a cup of coffee and talk about it so yeah please give us that opportunity and we'd love to meet you and and spend that time with you thank you that's all i've got sounds good we'll see you all next time all right god bless you